Hey guys, it's been a while. I'm back. Been pretty busy, just with some personal life stuff, but everyone has that. So, here I am. I'll just go sort of today, very brief about, I guess, how I became. Lived in the country, King Lake, very nice area. And... As everyone knows, in about year 10, you have to do work experience. I ended up getting my work experience with a plumber. So that was when I was 16. And worked with the plumber for the two weeks while I was at school. And then he kept employing me for any holiday work and whatever else he had going on. So... I helped him do plumbing and I also helped around his house. He had a bit of a horse horse arena thing. So a fair bit of cleaning and stuff like that. But probably one of the best ever lessons I learnt from him was always ask questions. You might feel like a fool for five minutes, but everyone else in the room's up thinking the same thing, or at least two people. So I've taken that throughout my life and I've used that and I've always said that to people I've either mentored or just spoken to. I gave a speech at an IQA graduation dinner when I finished my diploma and that's pretty much what I said. There's a few other ways to say it. The old Confucius says, have a look it up, but pretty much at the end of the day, ask questions you remain a fool for five minutes if you ask a question but you remain a fool forever if you don't so my suggestion is always ask if you're not sure just ask because who really cares at the end of the day what people think so once I finished high school I ended up getting work with a labourer and just shoveled sand yeah, it may seem like a tedious and meaningless job. What it taught me was the lack of respect and poor workmanship of operators. If you're an operator, you should have respect for your work area and you should do the best job you can all the time because when you tell them to shovel they tell you to get fucked having good relationships with people helps I ended up getting him to shovel and since that day he never ever spilt as much as he used to he would never overload the bin if there was a blockage he would stop the plant straight away and go find out what was causing it then call maintenance to come and fix it so, if you are an operator, just have some pride in your work. Operate the machine to its abilities, but also operate the bins and whatever else you're feeding to what they can actually take. So, I did that sort of job for about two, three months, sort of in the interim before I started university. Uh, once I finished that, 
uh, once I sort of finished that role, I went overseas to New Zealand. It's almost like going to Tasmania, just a little bit better. We um, ended up getting a gig with a, another contractor who did fixed plant maintenance. And that's where I'd say I gained my foundation into the quarry industry. I learned every aspect, I believe, in plant maintenance because of that role. It opened my eyes to, I guess, the working life of a contractor slash boiler maker, fitter turner, whatever you want to call them. Long hours, six days a week, you can make a lot of money. Work's not that hard. Yeah, there's a fair bit of physical aspect to it. But you know what? It's good for you. Physical work is good for you, and that's what I think nowadays people are lacking. They don't want to do physical jobs. I'd rather sit in front of a computer, try and make a decision from some data they've read. You can do that to a certain extent, but you can't make decisions if you've never done it, I don't believe. So I did everything from screen changes to screen replacements. That's the screen cassettes and side plates, mechanisms, bearings. Um, conveyor maintenance, so roller changeouts, sections of conveyor replacements, conveyor belt replacements, gearbox, head pulleys, tail pulleys, then we get into the crushers, learn how to strip down H4000s, do that in my sleep nowadays. Simon 7 foot, that's a nice bit of gear, 20, operating for 22 years and hasn't missed a beat. An amazing machine, old school, just heavy componentry, that's just what it does, crush rock all day day in day out and we sort of touched on the jaw I had a I think it's a 60 by 52 Jake's double toggle we'll do the basics shims and toggle seats and toggles liners but then we never touch the bearing side of it we'll get an expert in who had Big ass line boring machinery, and I do all that. So I ended up doing that role for all up, probably five, nearly six years. They kept me on. They would ring me up Christmas time and get me to help out with shutdown work. So I wasn't always at one one site. I worked many multiple sites, sand, hard rock, soft rock, you name it. Did it. Saw the the in- intricacies of all those little aspects. And then that's when I got into Wholesome, once I got back from overseas, got offered a job and started work with Wholesome. We'll get into that more next one. Send any questions through, more than happy to answer them. Thanks guys, see ya. Hey, how you all going? It's been a long while since I've been on air. Hopefully now, got a bit of a routine happening so get ready for a lot more podcasts
Uh, I think the last time we spoke, we were speaking about my time working with a contractor in fixed plant maintenance. Great learning experience. <clears throat> when it all gets down to it, you need to know what you're doing. At the end of the day, people aren't getting trained properly or they just don't want to learn, think it's just going to happen. So after I worked with maintenance, I went overseas for 10 months, did some pretty awesome stuff over there, talk about that one day. Once I got back, I ended up getting approached by a bloke that knows my dad, who then said, you'll be suitable, put your resume in, and we've got a job for you. Put my resume in, got the interview, had the interview with the GM and the area manager at the time. Not a bad interview, considering everyone knew that I was going to get the job just good to get their perspective on I guess how the business was rolling around at the time it was that six nearly seven years ago so the job was improvement coordinator <clears throat> so essentially the gist of the job was look after any capital expenditure in Victoria go out to sites see what their issues are report on downtimes see if we can't improve it, get better running times, KPIs, whatever you want to call them, REE, OEE, everyone has a slightly different slant on it all. So we, we worked in that position for nearly two years, learned a great deal, saw a lot of Victoria at the time, talked to a lot of good people. Essentially, that's how I networked in Victoria. I met the who's who at the time in Victoria. So all suppliers, all managers, other managers from different companies. Went to all the IQA events whenever I could. It was great. <clears throat> so probably the best thing out of that job was... Seeing the different approaches that each manager had to one their site and also towards the business and how they would run a business as well, even though they're meant to be running it the wholesome way, which they are, safely, they then have different takes on how you do your accounting side of it and how you run a maintenance side, how you run production. So really really interesting and that's essentially from learning that and seeing that that's how I've now sort of adjusted my way of running a team of people running machines whatever it is the unfortunate thing about that was there was a position that come available my name was put forward as a supervisor Unfortunately, it was in South Australia, and I turned the job down, upset a few people, but that's okay. Whenever you say no, be, be expected to upset people. 
and then got the opportunity then to work in the laboratories as a uh, laboratory tech, whatever you want to call lab rat, this and that. Now that's where I learnt heaps. I learnt what rock, why we crush rock. Like what a quarry exists, so then people can have roads to drive on. Concrete to pour slabs for whatever foundations, buildings, panels, you name it. But the intricacies that the rocks have to meet a certain specification, that's where it all gets real interesting. And then combine that with the maintenance side of my learning. I could tell you if a screen mat was worn out, if you got a too small of a screen mat, how you can change your product so you're making more of one thing, less of another thing. It was unbelievable. And to this day, I still use it. So if you ever get the opportunity, spend time in a lab. People think it's boring, it's this, it's that. Yeah, it's repetitive. Every job's got their repetition. What you learn from it though, and what you can then do from it is unbelievable. And that that no one can take away from you once you've learnt it and you can then use it to make more money somewhere else. So I'll probably talk to you guys in a couple of days and we'll go sort of over what I did in the labs. I'll come back here and there and talk about other parts like at the moment I've got a fair bit going on in my mind out at Tamworth looking after a job been good again big learning experience so thanks guys I'll talk to you soon bye hey guys we're back just driving from Gympie after dropping some parts off so what we were talking about last time was my first role at Wholesome, which was essentially project management, KPIs or REE, OEE, run sheets, making sure that sites were making targets, were making improvements to sites to then get better tons, better performance out of the plant. I mentioned that I then got a position as a lab rat by saying no to a job like I said in life you have to say no people will get upset because in their head you've uh, disrupted their their plans not your plans their plans so essentially it was put to me do you like the industry? Yes, I do. Well, do this for the next six to 12 months and then see where you go from here. That was my boss. So I said, yep, no worries. Took the whole, people would call it a demotion, or this or that. I took it as a, and the next opportunity which it was. I was in the role for just on nine months, I think it was, and it opened my eyes to the whole, why do we crush rock? Why do we do what we do? And it was 
very educational learning experience for me. I'd spent whatever it was, four or five years doing maintenance. I knew how to change plan. I knew what to look for, for uh, failures in screen mats, what crushes looked like when they were worn out, what holes in chutes did to certain products. If they were in bad areas, you could get contamination, this and that. What the lab taught me though was what each of those factors that a lack of maintenance does has on the end product. So you might be running a, a fairly down the middle grading for your 20 mil. All of a sudden it starts going coarse. Generally what the cause would that be would be your screen mats are worn out or and or your cones are running open a bit to make more 20 mil or they're worn out and you can't get the pressures into the, the crushing motion. Similarly to your 7 mil, if your 7 mil comes out and it's got too much fines in it or dust, it means you've got blinding of your screens. And you could see that one visually but also in the gratings. That was the same with road bases. You could learn how to hide things. So if you've got too much of X amount of stock, i.e. 14 mil dust, 7 mil, 10 mil, 20 mil, you can learn how to put it in. Just tell the guys in the pug mill, put 3% more 20 mil into this product because we're, we're down the middle of the grading. So you could just bump everything up, make more of it, use less dust, use more dust if need be. So what I'm saying is that not everything is what it seems. Sometimes it's a, what they call it, the silver lining of the cloud or whatever. And it also depends on your mindset on what you want to take the situation. I've been listening to a fair, fair few podcasts and motivational speakers, if you want to call them that. And a lot of them talk about mindset. Take the situation as how you want to take it. If you want to take it as a negative situation, it will always be negative. If you take it as a positive situation, then all of a sudden your whole persona changes towards that. People like, oh, that that seemed like a pretty asshole move for that to happen. Well, at the end of the day, no, it wasn't because I would never have got the opportunity otherwise to have done that position. And now, unfortunately for the company, they've got rid of the laboratory they now contract it out to Cardno, or Construction Science, and nobody I know now in any supervisory or even in operation, operational roles get the opportunity to spend time in the lab and actually learn what the products do. So I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity. Which has then helped me in my current role where I can argue the point with other quarry managers or ops people because what we can do with mobile stuff you can't really do with fixed plant stuff unless you've got hydraulic ramps to lift screen mats up or you've got variable speed drives to speed them up, slow them down. What mobiles can do, you can start changing gradings just by lifting or speeding stuff up as you would a fixed plant if you had the option of VSD drives. So. 
if we were to chase a course of 20 or make more 20 mil well you just lift the screen up make sure that you have less uh, product falling through the screen more carrying over and then all of a sudden you got more 20 mil yeah your 14 mil suffers but if you already have a a high quantity of 14 mil well at the end of the day you want to bump your products up that you're not making enough of so that was my second role with Wholesome it was an experience being in the labs I learned heaps I learned what we do I didn't do all the testing that is required in the aggregates business that's including sands but I did learn enough to get me out of the shit where possible so you ever get the opportunity spend some time in your technical side of any business that that you are in if you are listening from other industries it is exponential in your growth as a person with skills and knowledge in that industry so enjoy your weekends i'll catch you next week peace out been busy 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 so last time we were talking about being a lab rat after I finished that role or when I say after I finished after my boss convinced other people that it would be a good idea to get me in as a supervisor I ended up moving down to a place called Colac southwest Victoria nice little site basalt single flow looks like a rabbit warren that's when I started getting a feel for how to deal with people, I guess. It's only a small site. I think it was 15 people on site all up. Manager, two supervisors, a safety person, Waybridge operator, and then the rest were operators. And then two, two fitted boilermaker type people to help with maintenance. Old site, no no technology, it was all push button start. It was great. We we only sort of pumped out the two hundred and fifty to three hundred ton an hour. Made enough rock though to be a little profitable site, which was good. Kept us out of trouble. Things I learnt were there's certain clicks of people, people get along with people, as in anything in life, it can get detrimental because people start picking on other people, they might start spreading rumours or just go, fuck it, I don't like this bloke, so I'm going to make his life hard. There was a few incidences where bloke was a bit hot under the collar and they'd say one little thing because they knew it would fire him up. Great worker though, couldn't get the hot under the collar bloke. He was one of the best workers I've seen. Not the sharpest or brightest spark in the shed, but could fucking work. And he would love getting his hands dirty. There was also a few just smart ass, lazy people. You get that in every job that I'm starting to see now. And then the other thing I'm starting to see is you'll go from site to site and then you'll have the same type of people. Like you go, shit, 
that bloke was just like that bloke at the last site. Ah, shit, I've got to deal with that shit again. So just get used to it, I think. Learn how to deal with those people. If they're the problem people, just deal with it. Learned a fair bit there. Uh, dealt with a bit of blasting. Improved the efficiency of the site immensely just by doing a few minor changes, screen maps. They weren't able to produce a product for a very long time, a seven asphalt. It took me two weeks to get it into spec and then after that could make it every time without fail just by taking the time, understanding, hence why I like the being a lab rat, taking the time to get to know the plant and then utilising that type of knowledge from the lab rat experience and the maintenance experience to then be able to produce whatever the salesperson, the client wanted. <clears throat> the other things I learnt there were people sometimes don't listen and they'll have in their head a better a better way, even though you've directly told them to do it a certain way. I learnt the hard way. I ended up losing a day of production because I essentially lost my shit at the fitter, Boilermaker, because I told him to do it one way. He went and did it the way that I did not want it to be done, which was a liner. I asked him, I even gave him the measurements, the drawing, to drill the plate, countersink it, and then install it because there was already bolt holes in the plate. He went off, welded it in. So I said, fuck you. You can cut the fucking thing out and then put it in. <clears throat> He then got up, what do you know, you're just a, a supervisor. I then said, well, I'm not going to say anything, I'm going to walk away, but go talk to some people about who I actually am. A day later, he come back and he apologised because he found out that I actually knew what I was talking about because I did spend those five, six years doing maintenance in the biggest plant in Victoria. All I said after that to him was, don't ever question what I'm saying. I say it for a reason, and I would expect you, as the Boilermaker maintenance person, to be looking at this type of shit to make it more efficient to change stuff out. It shouldn't be my job to tell you what to do. It should be your job to tell me what you're doing and why you're doing it. I don't want to be a micromanager. I never never will and never, never strive to be it. If I say something, it is because it's going to help us as a private private little site, whatever you want to call it, as a team, in the long run. Yeah, it might take a little bit of heartache now, but in the long run, it's being done for a reason. It's not because I'm an asshole. Because I want to see efficiencies. I'm all about efficiencies. <clears throat> so after that, he actually started coming out with some good ideas like stuff that he might have taken to certain management years and years ago. They said, no, don't worry about it. But I listened and then would implement it. Would spend the time measuring it up or whatever it was to then install it. And all of a sudden there's in increases in production because of that little little ideas that he was coming. And then I would acknowledge it. And I think that's the biggest thing. 
especially in the stuff that I'm listening to now and reading, is people sometimes aren't striving. Yeah, everyone loves a little bit more money. People also love acknowledgements. If they haven't had them for a long time, they get funny about it. In the long run, if you give people acknowledgements when they're deserved, not all the time, when they're deserved and unexpected, it goes a long way as I'm finding out now. So that little plant ended up winning Quarry of the Year that year because of what was implemented both safety-wise and by production. We went from being one of... We didn't injure people, but it was very unsafe. We had certain guards missing. Uh, Walkways that could have been installed around crushes but never were. Falling from heights sort of issues that sort of you look at because you do it every day, it's sort of the normal. We ended up making guarding to suit these certain applications and made it in such a way that it was one, easy to remove or it was hinged so it was easy to gain access without having to handle the guards because I was so big. And then the production side, it was, are there customers, are we able to change products to suit customers, we ended up making a certain 75 rubble for a certain project. They wanted, I think it was five or 6,000 tonne, we were able just to install a plate to blank off a screen and make a product that wouldn't you wouldn't be able to make through the plant. These little things that you got to think outside the box. It's You can't always go, oh, this is all we've got, this is all what we do this is why we do it it's no hang on how can we do it because you can start charging a premium on those products yes you you might not be able to make your other stuff for a little bit but if you can meet customer requirements as they need them and it was a relatively big project i think it was ten thousand ton over three months we just chipped away make half a day on it bang stockpile it they were happy they ended up coming back to us then road bases and then wholesome concrete gain job work out of it because of the relationship that we created people forget in businesses i also think that business do business with businesses no people do business with people in business so if you have a relationship keep on top of it keep it friendly keep it what it is because at the end of the day, people are going to remember, no, I've actually got a good relationship with him. Let's do business with that person, not that business. So I think I was at that site for about a year, just a bit over a year. And then got the transfer across to Moriak Sand Plant. In that time, though, who I see from Moriak, he come over as then the quarry manager at Colac, and I then ended up spending two to three weeks showing this bloke how to deal with rock. He'd never seen rock, never dealt with rock. He'd always been a sand person, 10 years in sand. So I ended up showing him the ropes of that site. So I gave him pretty much the handover to Colac. It was a great experience for me because it got to show one what I actually knew and 
two, the processes that I'd learnt, and three, the new ideas I pushed onto him about the other additional improvements that he could do if he wanted to, to try and get the more out of the plant. So all I got now is then we do the Moriac job. Again, I was there for just on a year, just over a year. And then I went from there, got transfer up to Benley Quarry. And then that's my history with Wholesome as I've just then started this year. And I think it was the start of March with a company called Procrush. That'll be probably the next three sort of audio podcast things I'll do over the next couple of weeks, I reckon. And then I'll start talking, I guess, a little bit of gibberish, not gibberish, but stuff that interests me and that's scary about this industry and where it's where I think it's going. It's not where it's going, it's where I think it's going. So I wouldn't mind getting your guys' feedback if you've got any questions or you want to sort of talk about some things, hit me up with some questions. I'll leave it there and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.